Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoke Fish Company Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire and now going to the phones and joining us. Might be the first time you and I have talked in a couple of weeks, Mr. Zelinski. Uh, I was gone and you were gone and now we're both here. And and everything I talked about last week was wrong because the weather changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, Terry, it's been, uh, it's been the craziest winter of, uh, of my history as an outdoorsman here in Colorado. We've had, some, we've had some crazy years in 2006, but I can't say that I was... Uh, I was involved as much with ice tournaments and, you know, everything <laughs> else that we do. Uh, so as far as running a, a you know, a decent sized outdoor uh, business, it's been a crazy winter and, uh, a lot of opportunities uh, of all kinds going on, for sure. It really has been. A friend of mine named Bob Dylan once said, you don't have to be a weatherman to know which way the wind is blowing, but I don't think the weathermen know this year. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, whether they not know or it's just unpredictable, it's crazy. I mean, you know, uh, to be honest with you, I, I got through most of uh, most of the season. We had a lot of schedule changes and a lot of mix up, and you know, to everybody that uh, that participated in one of the things that we were doing, whether it was guide trips or this or that, uh, you know, I have to give a huge shout out to the to the general outdoors public here in Colorado. They uh, they endured a lot, kind of keeping up with us, and uh, again, we had had record attendance. So I uh, again, a huge thanks to everybody that participated in all the things we were doing. And uh, you know, there's no doubt you had to had to stay on your toes this winter to be on you know. Again, whether you're on open water or ice, you know, it, it was changing. I mean, you look at right now, um, I have to say that as, a, uh, as an open water angler, I was looking forward to probably, you know, I had the most excitement I've ever had. Uh, going into this March 1st, you know, Cherry Creek Reservoir has been open or had been open, I should say, for, for almost a month straight. Chatfield had literally one acre of ice on the far end. So, you know, two weeks ago, we were saying, hey, we're going to have probably the best pre-spawn walleye bite on our boats that we've ever had. Um, I'm not saying this to promote it because I don't think, uh, I don't think we're on good ice. But, uh, I mean, there were people standing on Cherry Creek Reservoir on two and a half inches of ice this morning, and 100% of the lake was capped. Um, so, literally, we're dealing with yet what yeah, another change, you know, again, uh, you know, another massive change. I think everybody was excited for open water. Everybody was ready for that open water. And now lakes froze. And you look at lakes like by you, Terry, you know, Carter and Horseshoe that haven't had ice all year and haven't had ice in years are frozen. Um, so it's a, it's a crazy year to keep up with for sure. Well, I'll give you a, a great indication because how often do I make mistakes? A great, no, <laughs> don't answer that. But a great indication is um, last week when I was out of town, um, Will Dykstra called in and Brad Peterson was filling in and they talked about some of the open water fishing. And I wrote a column not only about what they talked about, but about open water trout fishing that can really get going on the front range from the holdover stockings and the fish you know, getting close to shore. And I, I'm encouraging people, if you read that column, to forget it and then go read it again next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, exactly. because everything I talked about that I thought would be going on, although, you know, it's only going to take a few warm days. The water temperature has come up and a few warm days and we'll be talking at least portions of open water again, Nate. And I think that's what you want to talk about. 
Absolutely, Terry. Because I think it, I think it's just that time of year where there's a lot going on, and uh, you know, we did a lot of talks on my on my live feed that we do on Facebook. We've been talking about open water fishing, and you know, I think the biggest thing is whether there is ice or whether there is open water. The fish are doing about the same thing. You know, it really doesn't matter to them what's above them, whether it's soft or it's hard. So you look at walleye, and we're in the the peak of the pre-spawn bite. And I think that that's one of the things that so many anglers miss. You know, everybody focuses on spawn. Um, as opposed to if you are an angler, um, I don't want to speak for everybody, but more than likely you will have far better success on pre-spawn and post-spawn fish. Everybody gets excited for spawning fish, but in reality, those fish aren't actively feeding. As where an early pre-spawn fish and a, and a post-spawn fish are absolutely sitting on structure, and they're feeding heavily. So right now, let's say you uh, you have a boat and you're itching to get out. Let's say you go down to Pueblo. You know, you are on pre-spawn fish, and those fish, they're sitting on structure. You can catch them with jerk bait. You can catch them with jig. You can catch them with live bait rigs. Um, that bite is actually and those fish are going. Um, you know, so again, it's one of those things that as, you know, Chatfield still has a bunch of open water, so again, we can do it right there. As Cherry Creek opens up here this week, um, you know, you're going to be able to, from shore, you know, cast to a lot of, you know, small little pieces of structure and cast to where fish are, are pushing shad up on the rocks. Um, and you could take advantage of those pre-spawn fish. But again, it's a short window. I would say by... You know, by March 10th, March 15th, um, you're going to start seeing some fish going into the spawn. Um, and again, I just encourage everybody, I think the biggest thing going forth in the spring is, is think about those opportunities. Think about the, the fish that are biting. Think about the windows there and just say, hey, I know that we have, you know, pre-spawn walleye, so let's go target those pre-spawn fish and try to take advantage of it. Same type of thing in the bass world. They're not spawning as fast as the walleye, but as we get open water, you know, and these fish start to slowly boost their metabolism as they start to somewhat slide out of that deeper water that they've been living in for the winter, um, they want to feed. They want to bulk up, you know, so the smallmouth and the largemouth, um, those opportunities as we get open water um, are some great opportunities at some of the biggest fish of the year. I've been talking to Matt Inslee, uh, you know, who obviously is a, you know, a bass expert in my opinion. Um, you know, he's really getting excited that he's going to go out throwing big jerk baits, you know, throwing some larger baits. And, you know, I talked to him about it. I'm like, hey, you know, what's your plan going out here? Um, and he's like, you know, the first time we get on those boats and we get out on Quincy, we get out on some of these reservoirs, um, you know, he goes, I think the, the first couple of days that we can get on the boats, we're going to be fishing for five to eight bites a day. But we'll probably be seeing four to five pound fish within those, you know, five to eight bites. So it's well worth it. So again, I think more than anything, we're talking about the opportunities that exist as the open water hits. And again, let's just say open water hits the sometime in the first five days of March. For a lot of different species, plan it out. You know, say, hey, I, I'm a rainbow fisherman. I want to hit them before they're spawning. Um, you know, or I'm going to catch them as they migrate into the rivers to spawn. Hey, I'm a walleye fisherman looking for pre-spawn fish. Make the most of a, of a short window by knowing where your fish are going to be and how you're going to approach those fish. Well, you know, and a couple points, too, that you really hit on, too, is that, you know, there's, first of all, with the boat ramps are scheduled like at Cherry Creek and Chatfield, if the ice permits to open March 1st. But uh, coming up after you, Chad Lachance is going to join us. So we're going to do our second part of Take It to the Bank, shore fishing. This is one of the best times of the year for shore anglers to catch big walleyes or big fish in general. And you mentioned the trout. 
Um, the trout can be so prevalent, even if the lake is just partially open, they'll migrate to those open water areas. And people tend to finesse them too much. Big jerk baits. They're looking to eat. You there, Nate? Yep. yep. Uh, right, okay. That, uh, no doubt. I, I think that's one of the biggest things is everybody's downsizing. I mean, you look at, uh, you look anywhere. I mean, to, to talk about that, I got to hit a river this week. Um, and I would say everybody on this river is fishing, you know, size 26 little midges. And these guys are really, you know, trying to baby the fish. Um, and as these fish are getting ready to spawn, I came in there and I was doing some fly fishing. I was using the, I actually had to, we had to tie it up. But we were using the biggest squirmy worm, basically a, a gigantic San Juan worm made out of rubber. Um, and I would say that this fly, when you stretch it out and put it on a tape measure, it's probably three inches long, this squirmy worm that we tied up. Um, and we were fishing this in the river in the plat. Um, and we were probably, again, I don't want to just say numbers that much, but I would say it's probably three to one for the guys that were fishing micro flies trying to baby the fish. I mean, we had 50 fish days on big fish. Um, by upplaying and giving these fish a meal as they're looking for it in that right time frame. Well, and that's exactly what I said in my article in the post too about um, fishing the tailwaters this time of the year. Is that you're, um, you know, you're a lot of times better off throwing a big streamer than a little midge because these fish are looking to eat. Nate, before we run out of time, though, you've got some events coming up, and we want to let people know how to get a hold of you. But I think you've got a major event coming up at Bass Pro. Is that right? Absolutely, Terry, and i got to say my phone's going nuts right now. We just talked about the, the boat box opening, and everybody's asking me what that status is. Uh, literally, I mean, 30 seconds after you said that. So as far, again, the, the lakes are scheduled to open, you know, as of March 1st, if they're ice-free. So really, the, the true date is anytime after March 1st. That's a, We say March 1st because that's when it could happen. But, again, it has to be 100% ice-free. So it's one of those things that – you're going to have to let the lake get ice-free. You're probably going to have to let our partners at you know, Colorado Parks and Wildlife give them a day or two to, to set buoys, set ramps, things like that, uh, and then you'll see those lakes open. As far as Chatfield goes, everybody keeps asking about this. They are still doing work at the north boat ramp. So the north boat ramp is still under construction. Uh, i got to say that these construction guys are working around the clock for, for the sake of us, the outdoorsmen. Uh, so right now they are literally working 24 hours a day rebuilding the north boat ramp. Um, even if Chatfield is ice-free, we will not see the north boat ramp open, but we will see the south boat ramp open. So as of right now, uh, let's just say that we had a massive windstorm. Let's say whatever happens. If for some reason Chatfield was ice-free on March 1st, the south boat ramp would open, but not the north boat ramp. The north boat ramp will open April 1st, pending everything is ice-free. But if we do get that early ice off, again, uh, you know, whenever it does happen in early March, um, everybody will be using the south boat ramp uh, until the lake is ice-free, or excuse me, until April 1st. In that time, both boat ramps will open. But right now, they're estimating uh, the north ramp being closed, regardless of ice conditions, uh, until April 1st, why they're rebuilding that project. But again, as we as of April 1st, as long as it's ice-free, uh, we will see both of those ramps open. So just, uh, just some clarifications. Everybody's kind of hitting up the phone. Uh, and yes, as far as the big event, uh, you know, it's the Bass Pro Spring Class it started last weekend. Uh, there's events and seminars and huge sales going on right now. And next week, uh, I am honored to be doing some speaking, some talking, uh, and some fishing with some uh, some names around the industry that I think everybody uh, kind of knows and looks up to. So next weekend, uh, the third and fourth at Bass Pro Denver. 
uh, pro anglers Keith Tavias and Chase Parsons. Uh, these guys run the Next Bite TV show. They're also very accomplished tournament anglers. They're going to be in town in Denver doing seminars on Saturday and Sunday. I'll be joining them for their seminars, also doing some panel discussions with these two guys. Uh, so, again, I'll be at Bass Pro next Saturday and Sunday. Uh, they'll be doing seminars. I'll be doing seminars. And we're also, uh, you know, hoping – uh, that we can find some open water somewhere in the state. And I'm hoping to drag these guys out here in Colorado waters uh, to do some Colorado fishing. And we're going to be doing some live broadcasts. Uh, so we're going to be going live while on the water with these two pro anglers uh, next Saturday. So uh, we're very excited about that. I'm excited about it. Uh, so not only will we be doing seminars, but we'll be on the water live. So we encourage everybody to uh, kind of watch the Tightline Outdoors Facebook page. We'll be doing some announcements this week uh, as far as when we're going to be going live. Uh, and, again, I think it's one of those things that you definitely want to spend some time, pull up a computer, uh, and watch this live hit because, again, you'll be able to watch all of us. And the biggest thing, you'll be able to interact. You can talk to us, hey, why would you make that cast? Why would you select that color? Why would you select that spot? It'll be very engaging to uh to go back and forth with everybody watching and uh, and do this live feed with all these fishermen. So uh, it's going to be a great weekend next weekend. Now, I got to know Keith real well when I was writing for In Fisherman because I covered the professional walleye trail for Walleye Insider. And um, he's also been a guest on this show a few times. So why don't you tell him that Terry wants to know how it felt to be the second best angler whoever ever has been on my radio show. And you can tell him you were the first and see what he says. I love it. I will definitely do that. Absolutely. That'll be a great time. Yeah, it's exciting. He's, no, I tell you what, this man can catch some fish. He's a, Keith is an incredible angler. Hey, real quick. real angler and a fun guy. Real quick, Nate. Um, 30 seconds worth we got to go but people that can get out on the shoreline say like cherry creek and chatfield what what are a couple presentations you would throw for the walleyes you know absolutely the, the two things i would do right now as we hit this little open water pocket um during the day i would fish jigs so whether i'm fishing a uh like a, a twister tail or a paddle tail i would fish a, a three to four inch plastic i fish on a big jig head three eight ounce half ounce I would make some long casts so I can hit that structure, uh, and that's going to be a key presentation. I would also fish blade baits. It's not too early or late in the year. Uh, blade baits are great because you can make a long cast uh, and get to those fish blade baits. Also, jerk baits in low light period. So jerk baits early in the day, late in the day, uh, you're going to catch some fish for sure. All right, Nate, thank you so much. we got to run, and we will talk to you again next week. Absolutely. We'll talk to you next week. Thank All you. All right, Nate Zielinski. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company, Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Chuck Berry. You weren't even born when this man was playing, Kyle. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We're going to go right to the phones, and we're going to continue with something we started a couple weeks ago. You know, at the International Sportsman's Exposition, we did a lot of... Uh, we, we tried to respond to a lot of you wanting more basic seminars. And one thing that came up over and over was, um, you always talk about fishing from a boat. Can you give us more shore fishing? Uh, and so Chad Lachance, who's going to join us now, did a seminar at ISE called Take It to the Bank. A couple weeks ago, we started covering that. We're going to finish or at least get as much more of that in as we can to show you that fishing from the bank isn't always a disadvantage, is it, Chad? 
Oh, no, sir. I think there's a lot of opportunities, Terry, that, that fishing from the bank is actually better than uh, than fishing from a boat. And, and really, this time of year, you know, as we go into spring, maybe not, maybe not February, but March and April is probably the most prime time to fish from the bank. So it seems like a good seasonal relevance to, uh, to get started talking about it now. Uh, you're absolutely right. Now, the last time you and I started talking about this a couple weeks ago, we talked very much about that it's not a disadvantage. Uh, you and I have these big, high-powered boats sitting in our driveway, and we uh, throughout the year, there's many times when we don't take the boats out. You also mentioned how you like to simplify your equipment when you're watching walking on the shore of a bank, so you take less gear and you keep it keep it simple. And you talked about some of the the um, the presentations like crankbaits and jerkbaits and jigs, but where do you want to take us today? Well, I think the the key thing about the keeping it simple, Terry, is is that walking the bank uh, when you're you know when you're going to doing the presentations from the bank, the biggest thing to keep in mind is that it doesn't need to be complex. So when I say keep it simple, one of the first things I think about is I want my multi species lures. I'm not generally a fan of chasing many rabbits. When you chase many rabbits, you catch none. I'm generally a fan of focusing on one species of fish. But fishing from the bank, because you're not necessarily covering as much water and you're not necessarily able to run all over the lake, I want to put myself in the best hunt for catching anything I get my lure in front of. So it's a little bit of opportunity fishing. So uh, for me, that's one of the key things about it is to keep it keep the lures that I choose to be as, as consistent as possible, which is why we talked about the jigs, the jerkbaits, and maybe a flicker shad crankbait. But the other things we didn't talk about are casting angles. I feel like it's really, really important for people to understand that a large part of the fish live along the the edges of the water or the littoral zone of the lake. They don't necessarily live out in the middle. A lot of people want to walk to the lake and then start lobbing cast straight out in the middle because the big ones must be out in the deep water. But, you know, like we joked about last time, that really a lot of the fish are right on the bank. And that one of the most important things you can do is making angular casts where you're throwing parallel down the bank you're standing on as opposed to 90 degrees out off it. And typically I'll mix and match. So I'll throw off my left shoulder, then I'll throw off my right shoulder, then I'll throw off my left maybe a little bit farther out, then off my right. And I just keep rotating as I move. And another really key thing about that is I try to keep my cast a little bit shorter and the reason being is I'm not going to have as much water to cover, so I don't want to burn, you know, 50 yards of bank in one shot. If I catch a fish out on the end of my cast and spook everybody between me and him, then I don't necessarily have this good opportunity to catch more of them. So I tend to keep my cast shorter, which also keeps me uh, more efficient. I don't snag as much. I have better control of my lures, and again, I have a better chance at landing more fish because I can, I can cover less water and not spook as many fish. So that's one of the key things I do as well. And then lastly, when it comes to the presentations, Terry, it, when I'm on the bank, I almost 100% exclusively throw braided line. And the reason being, these days I'm throwing the Ultra 8, the Berkeley Ultra 8. We've, we've moved through various trialing braids and things over the years. But the reason that I throw the braided line is it's, it's more sensitive, lets me know what's going on. It also gives me the best chance of using much heavier than average line that I can therefore get lures back should I snag them. And everyone always talks about snagging from the bank. I get those emails a lot. Using the heavy braid will allow you to straighten a lot of your hooks and get your jigs and crankbaits back. Well, and another thing with you know the heavy line, obviously sensitivity and your feeling bites and has a lot of advantages. And the bank angler... Um, he probably is, isn't as adamant as a professional angler maybe about changing out monofilament or even fluorocarbon. So the, the fact that the, the super lines don't, uh, don't maintain their memory gives you, you, you can pick the rod up and head out and know the line is probably in pretty good shape. Do you tend to put a leader on it when you're fishing it or do you go straight to the line or does it depend on the presentation? 
There you go. It depends on the presentation, Terry. That's a million-dollar question. I get that one all the time. I, I use a leader for two purposes. I use a leader for either bite, you know, bite-off prevention, in other words, a little bit of abrasion prevention, which can be really good. So a fish with teeth, if you're going to have a pike or something like that, can be an issue. The other thing that the, that will prevent, uh, you know, a fluorocarbon leader will prevent, will be uh, abrasion from some rocks. So if I'm fishing something really jagged rocks, like maybe a Chatfield Dam or something like that, then uh, for sure put the leader on to keep the braid off of the rocks because braid doesn't like abrasion. The other thing that the leader will do is keep treble hooks from snagging the braided line so bad. So uh, having the leader on the end of your braid for, for fishing treble baits can be really good. In all cases, my leader's short, and uh, and you can tie it with a uni knot or an FG knot or whatever it is that you, you personally like. But I throw a short floor card and leader a lot of the time. And, uh, and it's just for that more than anything else. But the, the last thing I want to throw out too real quick, and, and I don't know if it's the last thing, we'll see how much time we have, but uh, you have to be sneaky. I think when you're on the bank, keep in mind that most danger for fish or a lot of danger from fish comes from the bank, whether it be animals that are going to catch them from the bank, like a mink or a raccoon or something like that. Uh, a bird, obviously the wading birds, things like that. Fish intuitively know when they're in shallow water, they're in a dangerous zone. So you have to be sneaky as an angler. I try not to rattle the rocks around too much. I try to walk really quietly. I try certainly not to splash the surface of the water and, uh, and keep my profile low if I'm fishing close to myself or keep something behind me like trees so that I don't have a profile at all. But those are key things as well, especially night fishing for walleyes. Now, a couple things. I want to make a couple points. We're going to steal a few minutes from JR from Colorado Clays, then I'll steal from the last segment because that's me and nobody wants to hear me anyway. So <laughs> so we'll keep it going. But, but, you know, seriously, first of all, I want to get back to where you talked about, you know, people worry about getting snagged. One of the biggest reasons I personally see where a lot of people don't catch fish, especially from the bank, is they're afraid to throw that lure where the fish are because there are snags. And I'll, I'll take, And if I was to look at your fishing style and mine, because we've been professional anglers for a long time, we've had to adapt to many, many different types of presentations. We feel comfortable doing it. I would say you probably, even though you love to fish jigs, power fish more than I do. And I probably don't power fish enough, and I tend to go to the small, uh, or not even small necessarily, but snags-free plastics, especially as these ponds, which are going to be one of the key elements that are going to be here for uh, early fishing here as soon as the ice goes off and starts warming up. I love to take any kind of cover and take a small Texas rig piece of plastic and put it in that cover where people think they shouldn't throw. Because first of all, I know the fish aren't getting disturbed there because nobody wants to fish there. And second of all, it's just where the fish are. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to, you're going to catch them. You got to put your lure where they are. And the other thing about that kind of heavy cover that you're talking about and thrown right into is fish that live there are comfortable. We start talking about these bass ponds. Nothing makes a largemouth bass more comfortable than having a good piece of cover for them to sit under or around. And, uh, and so those are the comfortable fish, you know, and, uh, and so they're more inclined to bite stuff. They're not out and exposed to the elements. They, they feel safe there. That's the whole point of sitting there. And so that's a really important thing. And, and, you know, you're talking about throwing right in that stuff. We literally will throw a, you know, something like the, the Power Bait Maxent General. It's a soft stick worm, right? You put a four-aught Texas rig hook in that thing, you almost can't snag it. If it's rigged correctly, 
it's not going to snag anything, which means you can throw it completely recklessly and you're going to catch more fish. The other thing about it is it's very inexpensive. So if something crazy goes wrong, like you set the hook thinking it's a fish and it's not, and you do end up snagging something, you break it off, you've only lost 50 cents. You haven't lost, you know, a, a $7 plug or something. So fishing around the cover in the bass ponds or around the edges of the cattails, and I mean like right in the edges of the cattails, is a fantastic way to catch them. And that would be some of the first fishing I'll do every year. Now I don't. I want to take thirty seconds more though, and I don't want to tell people they shouldn't cover water when they're doing shore too. But as much as I like, sometimes a spinner bait or a crank bait or a jerk bait is still the best. What are your favorite early spring bass presentations on these small ponds? Well, if we're going bass fishing for sure, your your uh, Texas rig is is going to be right up on the near the top of my list. The other one's going to be a lipless crankbait, something like a war pig, or people may be familiar with a rattle trap or whatever. A lipless crankbait first thing in spring, uh, looking for dark mud bottoms can be really key, and uh, so that'll be another one that I really look at a lot. But I'm going to start a lot with the Texas rig for the bass ponds. That's probably the first thing I'm going to throw, or maybe a jig of some sort. And one quick thing, and I'll be real quick here, Terry. Like I said, you can't cover a lot of water. Fish your transitions, fish changes in the banks, fish individual pieces of cover, fish hard edges. Don't try to cover the whole pond. Fish the distinct changes in the pond. Now, unfortunately, Jr. from Colorado Clays has been listening, and he's been texting me pictures last year of these big bass he catches in ponds. So now I'm going to have to go with him and compete, and he's probably been making notes. He probably didn't make my task any easier. Chad, thank you so much for joining us. We'll get you back on again soon. You and I have to get on the water soon. Well, they got it thought out, and we'll get out there. I appreciate it, Terry. All right, thanks. Chad LaChance, Fishful Thinker. You can find him at fishfulthinker.com, both Facebook and, and the web, right? All right, thanks, Chad. That's Chad LaChance. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. You know... It's bad enough that I'm already running late to get to JR, but now we play Eagles music, so I have to listen to that because you know I love the Eagles. We can play the Beatles if you'd like. No, then I'd have to go to JR. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoked Salmon, The Secret is in the Fire, and let's go right to the phones of one of our favorite contributors from Colorado Clays, JR Pierce. Good morning, JR. Good morning, Terry. Now, I want you to forget. Everything Chad and I talked about a catching bass from the shore. Well, I got to say, Terry, thanks to Chad LaChance, I'm going to have to find some new secret weapons to use when we finally get on the water. <laughs> <laughs> I am anxious to get on those ponds. You know, we're not that far away. We get a few couple warm weeks, and you and I will be out there. Yep, I'm ready. All right, let's talk. Let's talk some shooting, though. Shotguns and and uh, Colorado clays and all those kind of things. First thing I want to bring up is you. You know, you've got a shotgun league that you've been running for years, and that's going to be coming up pretty soon. But you're starting something new. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, and that's a pistol league. Tell me about that. Well, thanks for bringing that up, Terry. Uh, and we are doing our first uh, Colorado Clays Pistol League. And I want to go ahead and go over this pretty thoroughly because it's uh, getting really popular here, and I want everybody to have an opportunity to get in. So our Pistol League starts Wednesday, March 21st at 5 p.m. Uh, each shooter will pick a time slot you know, to do his or her shooting for those 12 weeks of the league. And those times are 5 5.36 and 6.30 in the evening, depending on what works best for that particular shooter's schedule. Uh, each person will shoot 20 rounds, 10 shots at the 5 yards, and 10 shots at 15 yards. 
Now, you'll be allowed 30 seconds per five shots, and the total relay time can't exceed 30 minutes. So this makes for a very fun and exciting way to spend a Wednesday evening. And for anyone worried or concerned, you know, that they don't exactly understand this, we'll always have our of course, second-to-none Colorado Clay staff. Uh, they're going to manage the event and make sure everyone has a great, you know, safe and fun time. But, Terry, what is really n- nice about this Pistol League is kind of twofold. First, even though it only costs $20 to do your shooting for each week, $5 of that money is automatically set back as prize money, and that will be distributed, you know, to the people who join the league. So, you can see how that could really grow fast into some great payouts as we fill up our time slots. And what's even better uh, is that we will be using a Lewis system. And in the Lewis system, we won't know who may have won their class until the league end, uh, you know, get ends. And it's really fun because we take everyone's total scores, divide them into three groups. So the top one third, the middle one third, and the bottom third, and then pay prizes for the winners and possibly more places in each of those three classes. So it allows for anyone with any skill level uh, to compete, have a great time, and maybe win some money. It just, just doesn't get any better than that. I would probably think about joining if you can promise me I don't have to shoot against Karen. Yeah, I think we went over that, Terry. Uh, that's going to be the tough part. Everybody's in. Oh, geez. Hey, you know what? What we're talking about shooting and coming out, too. You know, a lot of people want to get started shooting, especially shotguns. And it's new to them. And it's different. Even if you've shot a rifle or a pistol, shotgun shooting is a lot different. Some people don't own one, don't know how, or they've got a friend they want to get into it. You guys have a pretty good selection of rental shotguns out there, don't you? Well, and we do. And uh, Terry at Colorado Clays, of course, we try to have the best of everything available to our customers. And, you know, the rental guns are no exception. And like I say, we don't rent the rifles or pistols, but we do have a beautiful a uh, new fleet of Browning shotguns. And those are available for rent to all of our customers. So whether you are a new shooter and you want to try shooting, uh, come out. We can, we can hook you up with an instructor, a rental gun, and everything you'll need um, right through Colorado Clays. And um, or even if you're experienced, let's say you are in town or you uh, after work didn't have your gun or whatever the case, uh, we have some great guns for rent. And this might also be of interest to someone looking for a good used over-under style shotgun because um, our last group of Browning and SKB rentals were only used for, I don't think, a little over six months. Uh, we had them factory reconditioned, and they are now for sale at Colorado Clays at a discounted price. So it's kind of a rare opportunity to get a good used gun uh, that's designed with clay shooting in mind. So definitely give us a call or stop by to see those. Well, you know, even in Upland game, I love shooting an over-under gun. I know it limits me to one less shot than I can carry otherwise, but I just love the feel of them, the way they come up. I would lo- That's probably my favorite gun to shoot is an over-under. Yeah, definitely, Terry. And it's it's such a uh, well-designed, easy-to-use, and dependable type gun. Um, they just they don't fail. Um, everything about them is designed um, to make shooting the best it can be, and that's why we use them here. The only problem I have with them is they don't seem to be able to hit doves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, why don't you go ahead and call uh, your manufacturer's um, customer service department on that one. <laughs> hey, JR, tell them how they find you. 
coloradoclays.com or give us a call, 303-659-7117. All right, my friend, we will talk to you in a couple weeks. All right, thank you so much, Terry. You bet. That's J.R. Pierce from Colorado Clays. Just super people. I mean, these are just some wonderful people to deal with. They're passionate about what they do. They're open and friendly, and they have a great facility. Let's go back to the phones, because talking about people who are super to deal with and passionate about what they do, I've known these people for going on, gosh, I don't even know how many years, but Kevin Mason from Honey Smoked Fish Company is with us. Kevin, you talk about being passionate, and it's easy to be passionate about passionate when your product is so good, isn't it? Yes, it is. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, it's Kevin. It is a beautiful morning. I know you're right there. I don't know where you are, but your facility's right here in Aurora, so hopefully you're enjoying this sunny day. Yes, I am. It's gorgeous. It's easy to be passionate when you believe in your product especially when you see the results from just all your customers. And, you know, a good key is eating my fish. It's for sharpshooters. It's great for the eyes. The omega-3s, because of the protein and the omega-3s in my salmon, is great for the eyes. Well, you so, know, again, if you're, not, if you're not beating your wife, Terry, you keep eating my fish. You'll beat her. Yeah, and eventually I'll, I don't think I'll ever outshoot her, Kevin. She's just got, she has eyes, because she eats your product all the time, but she sees things a mile before I see them. So we'll, we'll eventually get to that. But you know, and Kevin, I, I got to tell you, one of the things about your fish that always gets to me is that, um, I'm at that age where I have to, make sure I hit my workouts and I have to eat a little better and I get lax in that or I put on a few pounds really quickly and I start feeling sluggish. I can eat honey smoked fish company salmon and I feel like I'm cheating, that I'm eating something so good it can't be good for me. And that's why, I mean, I got to tell you the truth. I know it's good for me. I know it's fantastic, but I really eat it because it tastes so good, Kevin. Yes, and it's great because you could just put it like on a sliced apple, a little cheese, a little smoked salmon and you, you got a nice appetizer for after your workout, and you got that protein, and you just feel good about your body. I got to tell you, before I let you go, um, two weeks ago, I was doing a, a little spot for you guys, and the next guy up was from Colorado Parks and Wildlife out on the West Slope. And he came on, and the first thing he said is, how come every time I call your show, I feel like I have to go buy a package of honey-smoked salmon? It's so good. <laughs> so, so you're definitely well, having an impact. Hooked. You know, it's like fishing. I get you hooked because it's so good. All right. Where do people... Healthy, tasty. All right. You're right, Kevin. Where do people find it, Kevin? Well, we have a new client now, Walmart. So now we're in Walmart. All right. Sam's Club, Costco, King Super, Safeway, and Sprouts. And by, all local restaurants. And by the way, Kevin, if people pay attention to the show, we're going to be giving some of it away over the next few months. Yes, we are. We're going to be giving out some prizes, some gift certificates of free fish. All right, that'll be awesome. Kevin, thank you as always. We'll talk to you thank again you next Kevin. week. Kevin okay. Mason thank from you. Yvette from uh, Honey Smoked Fish Company. Terry Wicks from Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. You know, if you keep playing the Eagles, we're going to turn this into a music station. This is one of my all-time favorite Eagles songs, too. I mean, Hotel California is the top of the list, but this is really great. Hey, you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and we are brought to you in part by, apparently, the Eagles, the band The Eagles, and by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. I got a few things I want to cover. If you've been listening to the show today or over the last few weeks, you know that we're excited 
uh, to start our trivia contest. This is our 20th anniversary of the radio show. And uh, Karen put a post up, and I'll, I'll just read you what it, what it said in the post. It goes, we're so excited to be celebrating our 20 years on radio. We will be celebrating all year long and hope that you will be part of the celebration. We will periodically be posting what we're calling tidbits of trivia from over our 20 years here on the, um, on the, our Facebook page. And she goes on to tell you about that. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take those um, tidbits of trivia and they're going to say tidbits of trivia from Terry Wickstrom Outdoors for 20 years or something like that on our Facebook page. So you need to follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And then, oh, every week, every, you know, two, three weeks or so, we're going to ask about one of the trivia trivia um, we posted. Like today, I'm going to ask who was the first co-host when we started in 1998 with this radio show? Now, the first person to text in with that answer is going to win today, right now, a gift certificate from Honey Smoked Fish Company that's worth about $99. What they'll do is they'll package several packages of Honey Smoked Fish Company salmon in ice or refrigerated in styrofoam and ship it right to your door. You don't have to go anywhere. And let me tell you, this is great. So the first one to text at 303 713-1043 will get uh, and know the answer to who was my original co-host back in 1998. As soon as we get the answer, I'll tell you the rest of it. Or you can go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook and you could find the answer right now. Now, I can't see the text, so I can't tell you. I'll have Karen and Kyle tell me as soon as we have a winner and then we'll talk some more about the contest. Some other things we want to talk about too is, you know, follow Facebook you should follow our Facebook page anyway because, like, uh, if we're going to have, like, the director of Parks and Wildlife on, we'll give you a heads up on Facebook. If I were going to have a guest host on, we'll give you a heads up on Facebook. I write a column for the Denver Post every week, and that column, as soon as it's published on the online version of the Denver Post or the In the Know section, that will a link to that will be on my Facebook page. My current column, well, I have two up there. They keep them up for quite a while. The current column, the most recent, though, is the one that um, is about shore fishing right here in Colorado as the waters recede, as we get more uh, open water fishing. And I'm going to probably follow that up this week with a column about uh, Chad Lachance and go take it to the bank shore fishing year-round, but mostly in the spring. So anybody who doesn't have a boat, I get asked this so much, is going to get a lot of information by going to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook and clicking on my uh, my columns in the Denver Post. Does anybody have an answer yet there? Boat? I see. Sir? Okay, we got an answer. So I'm going to tell you right now, the first host of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, or we called it the Fan Outdoors back then, the first co-host back in 1998 when this show started was Robin Knox of Colorado Division of Wildlife. And he would come in every week with me, and I think he even filled in. I don't think he filled in by himself, but he'd come in every week. And Robin was a really great friend. I've known him for decades, and he was an awesome. So now you know what's going to happen. With this contest, Karen will post trivia, and she'll post at different times during the month. She'll post post what's called tidbits of trivia from 20 years of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on radio. You need to follow us on Facebook and like us on Facebook. Get those and make a note. 
Because I may not ask the one that was posted that week. I may go back two weeks. But all the answers to the trivia we're going to ask, and we'll do it once every three, four weeks, something like that. We'll throw one out there. And whoever answers it, whether it's by phone or text, we'll mix it up so everybody gets a chance, is going to get a shot at a a $199 gift card from Honey Smoked Salmon. What that does is it's they're going to ship packages of honey smoked salmon so it includes the shipping and things so it's all included you'll go on their website you'll place an order they'll ship it right to your doorstep this is a tremendous gift if you've never tried honey smoked salmon you'll be so delighted if you have tried it you'll want to win it anyway because you want to get it now another contest that's going on that i want to tell you about that we're going to start here in a couple weeks in conjunction with sun enterprises sun power sports we're going to give away an ice fishing trip for next December with Nate Zielinski and myself, where the winner will be a, it'll be two people that'll be the winner. It'd be one prize, but it'll be for two people. It could be um, a couple. It could be two friends. It could be a, a mom and daughter, a dad and son, a mom and son, a dad and daughter. We're going to take two people ice fishing with Nate Zielinski and myself in December next year, along with a couple of people from Sun Enterprises. We'll try to have a couple of ATVs to ride out on the ice. We'll have all the equipment. We'll have, we'll have the fishing gear. We'll have the shelters. We'll have heaters. It'll be comfortable. You will have so much fun. So what you'll, you need to stay tuned. We will put on our Facebook page how you can enter that uh, starting as soon as we get the contest rules finalized. They're working on that now. Hopefully we'll have that finalized by next week and you'll be able to enter over the course of this year until next fall and win that trip. It's going to be a really fun trip. So that's another contest we've got going here. And we're looking at possibly bringing back the Ask the Expert segment. I'll know more about that probably in a month. If you followed before, where you send your questions in, we answer it on the air. If we do, you get a gift card. But we're going to really focus these next few weeks on our Terry's Tidbits of Trivia, and on the Sun Enterprises, Sun Power Sports fishing trip with Nate Zielinski and I. And the best way to get more information about those is to go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook and follow us. Now, the other thing you'll find on my Facebook page is every time we put up a new television show, you know, I did 22 seasons of television, and every time we post a new one, uh, Karen puts a link to that show, and you can tell, hey, is that something I want? Is it a local show? About half the shows are right from here in our backyard. About half are all over North America, well, way down to the Arctic Circle, from the Arctic Circle to the equator, actually. So we cover a lot of territory on those. In fact, if you uh, want to, if you own, if you have Comcast, you can take your Xfinity remote and just push the microphone button and say uh, Terry Wickstrom on YouTube. And about 90 episodes of our television show will come up. So there's lots of, lots and lots of ways to follow us. And please follow us on Terry Wicks from Outdoors and use that as a link to follow my column in the Denver Post. We try to really cover pertinent. The best way to get all the information in that column is the link that's in that's on our Facebook page because it goes to the online rather than the app version, which is a little different, okay? We're going to wrap things up here today. Wow, we got ESPN Sports coming. We covered a lot of ground today, and the weather's going to be changing. We're going to have a lot of fishing coming up, so the next few weeks we'll be covering a lot of fishing. Don't forget about the Pheasants Forever Banquet, and join us next Saturday uh, right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour.